Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the show. We're going to dig into a couple of interesting offensive players from the 2019 NFL Draft. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Snow day here in uh, Delaware, so it's a good time to shell up and grind some tape. That's all we do here at the Crabs household, is grind a bunch of tape. Uh, yes, for sure. Grinding tape, uh, that's what you do. Uh, no, no better way to do that on a nice snowy Wednesday in mid, well, I guess late February. Only 28 days in February, Kyle. I don't know if you know that or not. I do, because of the knuckle policy. Yeah, knuckle policy. Tells you. Yeah, and, and we figured out a way to make the, the knuckle policy work for all 12 months, which Double was... Double count the pinky, right? Yep. You work your way across, double count the pinky, work your way back. It's monumental, really. Somehow really that's is. come up twice in our podcasts recently. That's oh, crazy. oh, that reminds me. I'm supposed to ask you a question because I called you something waiting for you to be ready to record this because you've made me wait like two extra hours than what you said you would. Kind of. That's returned for the day before. So. And I were two hours. Yeah, not quite two hours. Not quite. I refer to you as a chocolate starfish. Are you familiar with this phrase? Do you think I'm familiar with that? No, not a chance. <laughs> what What if you had to guess? Like, so you would called you me say a, a chocolate, chocolate starfish. You called me a star, uh, chocolate starfish because I made you wait longer than we had anticipated to start the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. in my mind, what does a chocolate starfish what is a cho- mean? What is a chocolate starfish? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's kind of like the most bizarre combinations of things, right? Like a freaking starfish, like one of the weirdest animals out there, and chocolate, a very f- known, you know, sweet. Yeah, like that people delicious, like. like, yeah. Um, I'm going to say it means, I don't know, I, I, don't, I can't even begin to think of what that means. Is it from something? It is. A, is it a phrase from a yeah, comic? It's it's no. It's from uh, Limp Biscuit. I don't know if you're familiar with the band I, Limp Biscuit with Fred Durst. Couldn't tell yeah. you the song. Yeah, but I know chocolate starfish. What does it mean? I want you to think about the imagery. Okay. Okay, I'm thinking about like I'm, I'm could, thinking like a chocolate you... bunny, but now I'm thinking of a chocolate starfish. Hollow. <laughs> what? Come on now. <laughs> you can use king wipes to turn a chocolate starfish into a regular starfish. Okay. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? No. It's a butthole. Oh. 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 <laughs> if you flip it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, this slowly to this podcast is instantaneously worth it because I knew you would have no freaking clue what a chocolate starfish is. Okay, it's a creative way of saying it. <laughs> I got it. It's a way of saying you're an asshole. It's it's a way of saying you're an asshole, but calling you a chocolate starfish, so people would have to really <laughs> connect the dots. 
I, you know what? I, I saw this. I saw this on Twitter before I got on here, and I thought you weren't going to bring it up. And I, and I was like, all right, what if he brings it up? I guess we'll just talk through it. But I really have no idea. Um, but uh, good to know that I am. You've been ran over by the chocolate starfish train. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk some football today. Is that in the plans? <laughs> we ought to, man. I, I, I'm... Yeah, we should probably stop talking about butthole. Uh, all right. So... Devin, Devin Singletary first. Yeah, let's talk about not LaShawn McCoy 2.0. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Devin, Devin, Florida Atlantic, right? Yep. One of, if not the most productive. I, I think you have to call him the most productive running back in the class. He has 66 rushing touchdowns in 38 games. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, he averages just over 20 touches per scrimmage per game, averages 123 uh, yards per game, and averages one and three quarters touchdowns per game in his college career. His nickname is Motor, and this dude is fun as hell. Joe, I've kind of set the table, some expectations as far as this guy's super productive. Uh, he runs super hard. Tell me a little bit more about him. I mean, so the first thing when I think about Devin Singletary is just dynamic cuts, just insane cuts that lead to some of the most creative tracks with the football you're ever going to see. Just have no idea how he pulls some of this stuff off. Tight quarters, he has an uncanny ability to reduce his surface area and and, and just get past tacklers somehow, right? He's an escape artist. Uh, I really love that about him. Uh, here's the thing that's really weird about Devin Singletary. Like, we can talk about how he makes tacklers look silly, and he does. But he's 5'9", 200 pounds, and for a 5'9", 200-pound kind of scat-back type player, like, there's two areas of his game that I think are really missing. First of all, he's just not that explosive. Like, right. he's he's really elusive. He's got a lot of twitch and wiggle, but his foot speed is not great. Like, you, he, when he makes a tackler miss, his acceleration to get going – you're just like, wow, Like I just expect you to be a lot quicker. And so maybe he'll run faster than we anticipate, but I just didn't see a guy that moves very fast. And, and so that's kind of one of the things you, you would like to see to, to really, you know, for his physical profile, to see some more quickness and some more long speed there. But then also, why didn't he catch the football more? In 2016, he caught 26 passes. 2017, nine passes. And in 2018, only six passes. Like, this is a player that should be involved in the, in the receiving game. And he, he's got a very elusive skill set that should mean he can run good routes, but like only six catches. Like we need to see if this guy's a natural catcher of the football, because I would just ex- expect the back with his skill set, his creativity and space with, of his stature to be a more productive receiver in Lane Kiffin's offense. So he's like on one side of the spectrum, you're like, wow, this is really exciting. Dynamic cuts, takes creative tracks, really good escape artists. And then you're like, why isn't he quicker? And why does he catch football more? Well, I know why it's not quicker. It's because he's not explosive. Yeah. He's just not right. Yeah. But I didn't actually, I actually thought it was interesting. You were talking about his foot speed. I didn't necessarily have the more I watched, the more I didn't think I had a problem with his foot speed as much as I had a problem with his ability to really transition uh, power cuts and, and really, you know, drive with a lot of explosiveness. I don't, I don't think he's like, you know, how Kareem Hunt coming out of Toledo like had this ability to really explode that outside leg and stick it into the ground and then explode back across his momentum. 
Mm-hmm. I think Singletary's a little bit more of typewriter feet than that. Then he is a guy that's got like this super dynamic base that can really extend himself out from underneath his hips. Not to say that he can't, you know, I think he's got really good cuts and he can string his cuts together really well. And he's, his vision for me was what stood out because it's like, he's making cuts as he's coming out of the mesh point to manipulate the second level defender before he's even really bubbled and pressed up into the line of scrimmage. And that kind of premature feel of I need to dance this guy out of this gap so I can can cut back across it. Being able to process that so quickly, I think, is what really enables him to have so much success creating missed tackles because guys are grasping at air. And uh, he's really good at making those um, those false steps show up in defenders on film. And then obviously the contact balance is superb. So I didn't necessarily have an issue with the foot speed as much as I had with the amount of dynamic ability in the feet, if that makes sense. Address the shady thing, Kyle. Um, what what do you think is off about that comp that we see quite frequently? Yeah, I, th- I think shady's just super explosive. Maybe not anymore. Maybe yeah. like Shady McCoy now obviously is, with all due respect, Joe, washed. And not the same player that he was. And I don't think you would disagree with me that you know, 30, 31 year old Shady McCoy is not 24, 25 year old Shady McCoy. Yeah. No There's question. been a lot or, of or loss. 29 year old or 29 yeah, year old yeah, Shady McCoy. Yeah, well, so. that's neither here nor there. Um, that was part of like Eagle Shady was a guy that you got him on the football field and, and his functional speed was. Bountiful, plentiful. I mean, he had no problem creating explosive plays and not losing foot races when he gets out in the open field. Uh, don't look it up. I want to ask you what LaShawn McCoy's numbers are. Testing, yeah, testing numbers are. Tedx, that, and that's why I said functional speed because it's I know weird, he didn't right? test like, well. He didn't test. Well, I know right? for like, a fact he ran like what four five five or something like that. Four. Well, at his at listed per draft scout, he didn't test at the combine because he had a flu. Uh, but his pro day, 5'10", 198, ran 4'5", uh, 29-inch vert, 8'11", yep. broad, 4'18", 20-yard shuttle, 6'8", 2, 3-cone, 17 reps of two and a quarter. Like, it's not great. You know who this – Who this was the Dalvin Cook syndrome. Yes. Right? Like, That's- Dalvin Cook out of Florida State's like, holy shit, this dude will run circles all around you. He's making explosive plays. And then he tests terribly, and everybody's like, well – it's okay, Shady McCoy. And then he gets in the league and he gets hurt and uh, didn't seem like he was 100%. So I think this is a big year for Dalvin Cook. But like that was a case study that reminded me I'm not expecting to give that parallel to Devin Singletary because my expectation is not that he's going to be that type of player. He's not that type of player. He's much more contact balance oriented yeah. and – you know, once he makes you miss his tackle, he will continue off the field, but he's not going to win a ton of foot races longer than 40 yards. He'll get a ton of 20 plus yards runs, but how many 50 plus yards runs is he going to have where he doesn't get caught from behind? And that's, and that's, and that's okay. You know, that's not to say he has bad speed. It's not a plus quality. That's all I'm saying with that. And and Shady McCoy is not very good post-contact. Like if, if he like, He's not going to win with any type of exciting contact balance. So he makes dynamic cuts and he slips tackles. Like I give him that, but like 
when he's touched, he's down. So like, that's really a big contrast between the two stylistically. So, I mean, outside of dynamic cuts, it's kind of where it ends for me. All right. So any, we're good. Yeah, here. I was going to say any, any other chase. parts, yeah, any parting thoughts here? Um, nope. I'm, I'm very interested to see how he tests, but, uh, I'm also very interested in Jay Sternberger, tight end for Texas A&M. He's a stud. He's a stud. Uh, two seasons at Kansas, one catch for five yards, goes to Juco, and then he's a star at Texas A&M, man. And I got a chance to watch his tape in the last week here, and wow, he's he's fun. Like, just his versatility as a receiver, you don't often say a tight end can attack three levels of the field, but you get that from Jace. He's really dynamic post-catch. He's really good stretching the seam and adjusting the football down the field, really good ball skills with the athletic ability to run good routes and separate from linebackers and safeties. And then if you want a guy that can work the intermediate stuff and run really nuanced routes and sell his breaks and separate, like he does that, like, and he's got great hands and ball skills. So like the total package for me as a receiver, and I'm really excited about him. I think like we talk about these Iowa kids and we should, we talk about Irv Smith and we should, but like Jay Sternberger is right there. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if Jace ends up being tight end three for me. Over Irv? Over Irv, yeah. Yeah. I think Jace is more dynamic than Irv. Uh, Irv's a better blocker, make Mm -hmm. no question about it, Uh, but they're in the same bucket for me, where they're they're both going to be valued as early twos for me. Same, same. And um, if Jace tests well, you know, he may be a riser. I had uh, somebody who's a a former colleague of ours, Joe, who I will not name because – they gave me this take, and I'm not sure if they want it public or not. But he said that uh, Sternberger has some Evan Ingram type potential in his game. Ooh, really? Yeah. I mean, that, Evans. I those are nowhere near similar builds at all. Um, and I don't. But if you I, think I mean, about I, the the receiving impact that they can have, oh, I get that. But like, I, I don't think I like Jace, but he's not that type of athlete, and. What if what if Chase comes out and runs four or five flat? I expect him to be a four or five guy. Um, four or five four, flat. I mean that'd be really good. But what did Evan Ingram was like a four three guy, wasn't he? Was he? Was he four three? I'm pulling him up now. Uh, yeah, please, four, please four, do. Two. Four four two. And he's six three two thirty four. Like I think Chase is going to be two inches twenty pounds and. Do you think slower. you think he's two fifty? I don't think he's two fifty. Really? I think no. I bet you I'll take that bet. All right, you got you gotta pick the over under then though. Two fifty. Two forty nine. I'll take the over. That's that's your over under is two forty nine? You're not real over. good at the first of all, you're not good at this. Don't give me a round number. It's either two forty nine and a half or two forty eight and a half. Okay, two forty eight and a half. Okay. Now now you're second guessing it. You want the extra wiggle room. And I don't blame you. I want to be right. I'll I'll, I'll, still, bet. <laughs> I'll still take the under. I think he's so going to be uh, 248 or less. Listen, guy like that, he's going to want to come in and train for speed. So I think his training, they may bring him in a little lighter and be okay with it if he means he's going to run really well. Um, I think he's going to be plus. but um, So we're really excited about his receiving ability. Yeah. And I like his effort as a blocker, Kyle. Like he actually it technically is pretty good. And I love – his commitment to staying square and really trying to sustain blocks and fitting his hands and playing with low, ha- low pads. He's just not necessarily the most powerful guy. And, you know, I, 
he gets in the way effectively. He tries hard, but there's just times where he's going to be overpowered in the trenches. But I like his effort a lot in that area. Yeah, I don't think he's like a liability, right? Right. Like, who, who last year stands out to you as a guy that was like, ooh, man, like, don't put this Gisecki. guy in the box, Gasecki. Yeah. Like, and Mike's build was even, do you remember, like, Mike showed up at the senior bowl and he weighed in and everybody was stunned that he weighed as much as he did yeah. because he was such, like, a long build and he didn't care any of it. Like, he has super broad shoulders, super built chest, and really lean in the lower half. And he carried that weight deceptively well. Uh, I think Jace is a, a better blocker, and I think his proportions of his build are much better. Um, but I thought the the physical side of his game that stood out the most to me to bring it back to receiving because it's what people care about <laughs> is the contested catchability and the yeah. concentration in tight areas. Uh, he had a couple throws that were hospital balls, had no business being thrown, and he threw them right into zone coverage. And uh, he was really, really tough in those situations. He plucked the ball away when it tested his catch radius, and he transitioned that ball into a secure position and held on to it. Was really impressed with that specific area of the scheme. So it's not like this is just a finesse player, as you said, Joe. Yeah, um, perfect for the modern game because you could flex him out, and I think he can help you in line as well. And Texas A&M put him a lot as like a just in the backfield as well, kind of like almost like a wing, to be honest with you. So I love the overall versatility there. And how did he not get to be be part of this Kansas program? Like he right. either got insanely better or somebody really whiffed because there's not been much talent coming through the Kansas Jayhawks program. Probably a little combination of both, right? Like, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. It's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. Wouldn't happen with Les Miles as coach now, though. Would it? I don't know, man. I'm so curious to see what happens there. It's fascinating, right? Like, didn't they have like the fifth worst recruiting class in the country with <laughs> Did Les? They? I I didn't know that. I yeah. I think their um, 2019 recruiting class was really really bad. I think they had some guys that flipped over that were maybe I saw for 2020, but um, recruiting's admittedly not my thing. So I keep up with 10, it, but I I. They're 65th. Uh, their 2019 class is 65th, ninth in the Big 12. I think there's 10 teams in the Big 12. Yeah, okay, so that's what I was thinking of. They had the second worst class in the Big 12. It might be good for them. So if I compare it to 2018, let's see. Oh, I'm sure they were like dead last. They had to be. They were 60th in the nation and 8th in the Big 12. What? The year before that, they were 71st and 10th in the Big what? 12. So. You know what? The the uh, Mad how Hatter didn't. Team, how is this team this bad? Maybe if they're they pulling in like pedestrian recruiting classes that aren't right. god awful. Yeah, like in, they're in the top half of the uh, FBS, right? Yeah. I mean, not great, but maybe it's just uh, lack of development and coaching. And Matt Hatter's going to get it right. We know he yeah. can't manage a football game, so hopefully he can teach these guys how to play. What What was his thing at the introductory presser? What, what, what did was he have like a like, he what looked he like he was, was like coherent. stoned out of his mind or something oh, like that? The He's whole like, thing was not a coherent thing like at stuff. all. It was like stuff involved in, <laughs> you know, stuff. <laughs> you know I think my we're going to have to bring was? that back. What's that? You know what my favorite hire was for all the college coaches this past year? Who's that? I think I've told you this. It's Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech, man. I'm telling you, he's done. He's doing some special things there with 
just kind of rebranding the entire program and like just so much energy. And I, I like I listen to a lot of press conferences. It's like my guilty pleasure. I don't know why. I just can get behind this dude. Like I love what he says. So might not How be this year. How do you feel year. about Georgia Tech running pro style? Thank God, because uh, I hate look triple option and stuff is fun to watch, but it's so not useful for scouting. And I have to literally like I watch. Well, we all watch a lot of football. And we're all studying these players. And, like Georgia Tech Tech tape is never useful for me. And. Now I got a guy that's going to give a pro style system that uh, really so. wants to pride himself in getting his players into the NFL. It's it's something he's talked very openly about, and so I'm excited. Very self absorbed, very self absorbed of you. You like triple option football? No, but I don't care about Georgia Tech because they never have any players. Because none of they know if they go to Georgia Tech, their career dies at Georgia Tech for football. Wasn't it? Didn't didn't Paul Johnson chirp off at Jim Nagy? Before yeah. the Senior Bowl or something like that, that was yeah, awesome like, too, right? Like bad relationships with scouts are not <laughs> yeah. open and transparent. Like, yeah, Jim, Jim had made some comment about how like the the school was unaccommodating or something like that. Like they were trying <laughs> to watch film, and Paul Johnson was like, "Who do you work for? Or who did you work for? Or something like that." <laughs> it's like chill out, Paul. You're retired, dude. Like, yeah, have a nice day, man. Paul is. I remember. I met him. I met him at the Tennessee uh, Tennessee. Uh, Georgia Tech Chick Fil A opener in what was it 2017? So I got yeah. a chance to to go to a, the Paul Johnson press conference. Just a grumpy dude, man. Like they lost the football game, but like he was just more grumpy than any coach I've ever been around. Oh, man, okay, that's that's gonna be a baby big board sometime. <laughs> grumpy coaches or the grumpiest or like the coach who would least like to have over for dinner for recruiting purposes. Paul Johnson, number one on my board. Based on personal interaction. Well, they have they have to be active. Oh, well, that's going to change. Maybe we could do this. Do you think we could do this? We probably can. Um, For tomorrow's we, show? Tomorrow. It's Thursday. We do baby big boards on Thursdays. People let us know on Twitter. If you yeah, want let us know if show. you want us to hear that. Uh, not, that, we'll doesn't have to, that doesn't have to be the whole show. We could do like right. one prospect and baby big board. All right, I just feel weird about like a mid-February show not being about like the coming draft class. Combines next week. Yeah, we it's not this week at some point. Yeah, it's true. Oh yeah, it's true. We got to talk about expectations. <laughs> There's lots of yeah. expectations, but we'll have Friday and Monday. All right, so Friday and then Tuesday's takes on takes before the testing starts. Boom, it's uh, done. T- testing starts on Thursday. That's what I mean. No, Friday. So we Friday, yeah, Friday. That's what I mean. All right, we have wiggle. Sounds room. like a plan. <laughs> So what's Done. the concept here? The coaches we most want to have over for dinner or at least? No, 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 the least. So it's like active Division <laughs> One coaches okay. that you would least like to sit down and have dinner with your family because they were recruiting you to play football. Okay. This is fun. All right, that'll be part of our show tomorrow. We're also going to pick a good player to talk about. Done. Yeah, we'll pick a, we'll pick a, a top 15 guy or something like that. All right. Sounds good done come on back folks hit subscribe on the draft dudes podcast give us your hot takes for next next week's takes on takes takes place on tuesday as we said uh, you can reach us with the hashtag takes on takes at grinding the tape or at the joe marino come on back tomorrow thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast thank you for listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.